Well, it happened again. I'm coming to you live from Kansas City. Well, I'm not live because this is recorded, but when I'm recording this, I'm live. And well, anyway, you're listening to it at some point. And I'm at the Crossroads Hotel, which is also a very cool hotel, but again, tangential. So I was at dinner with a friend who lives here in Kansas City, and we were talking about her business. She runs a really cool design firm here in Kansas City, working with some very, very cool brands on design and social media and content work. And this year, she's actually been asked to speak at a bunch of conferences. She's been a breakout speaker, a keynote speaker, and is even considered leading a workshop. And so she said to me the same thing I've heard so many times from so many other people. I don't really understand how to make speaking the main part of my business. I love speaking. I love being on stages. I love communicating in this way. But it's not really hitting in a way where I can supplement my design work with my speaking work. And I realized we were in the conundrum spiral. See, this happens where you think, wait, I've got a great talk or a great idea or a great speech and I'm doing more of it. And so why am I not getting paid? And why is it not working? And I think they like it, but no one's hiring me. That's what I call the conundrum. And that is what we are talking about on this episode of Wine and Wisdom Wednesdays. And we also remember pair these with wine. So I'm drinking conundrum. More on that in just a moment. So you have a story to tell, and you wonder, how can you own the stage, give that killer speech, and captivate the audience? Well, you've come to the right place. Welcome to the Mic Drop Moment, where I bring you bold conversations with public speaking powerhouses, expert advice from personal development leaders, and many public speaking and storytelling masterclasses to give you real-life valuable takeaways to craft a speech, a story, a business, and a life that the world can't stop talking about. It's time to find your mic drop moment. Let's get started. This is a real challenge I get asked all of the time. People see the speaking industry as this way to maybe do something they've always wanted to do. Maybe it's reach more customers. Maybe it's inspire people. Maybe it's just travel around and stay in cool hotels in Kansas City, Missouri. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I mean, the hotel's cool, but anyway, it doesn't matter. So, One of the things that is such a challenge is that people get so confused by this. They think, well, it's just about having a really good talk, and then that will lead to business. Maybe they do a breakout. They have a great talk for the breakout that's all about aiming them towards that keynote spot. But the people in the audience aren't the kind of people who buy keynotes, and then you think, well, wow, I totally suck because nobody hired me to give a keynote. When I was first starting out in my speaking career, I was largely speaking to folks in the restaurant and hospitality industry. And for the first like year, mostly people in the restaurant industry. I was talking at state-level restaurant associations or other small conferences like that. And the rooms were full. I was getting reps in and I was getting in front of two or three, four, even 500 people at a time. But no one was hiring me to come keynote their employee event. And I realized that the issue was they didn't have an employee event. Some of the concepts I was in front of had one location with 10 employees. They're not hiring a keynote speaker to come talk to them. Or even places that had 5, 10, 15 locations and 150 employees, 
they didn't have events annually to bring speakers in. And I wasn't positioning myself as someone who could lead a workshop or do consulting. So they saw me, they thought, wow, that guy's pretty good. I mean, I hope that's what they said. There were some really good reviews. So let's just pretend that that's what they said. But they weren't in a position to hire me. And so I went about this for, I don't know, the better part of a year before I realized, oh, I need to change my positioning. Instead of making the people in this room see me as a keynote speaker, I need them to see that I can do this as a workshop leader or as a consultant or an advisor in some way. And that's when things really started to change for me. I was able to work with many more organizations because while they wouldn't bring me in to give a keynote, they did bring me in to work with their team for the day or to spend a day whiteboarding ideas and leading a workshop. And that's the first thing that so many people get wrong when they think of the speaking industry. They think of it as one industry with one kind of business model. And the reality is there's a bunch of different business models. Maybe you speak for fee, meaning people pay you a fee to show up on stage. That's a lot harder to get in the beginning. You've got to build traction and a brand and a reputation. And you also have to have a message that is delivered in a way that gets people to bring you to their events, which means you need to be in front of people who have events where they would hire a speaker like you. Or maybe instead of speaking for fee, you speak for free. And (laughs) there's the three big Bs when it comes to speaking for free. I call them breakouts, backends, and barters. Now, breakouts are all about getting in front of people in the breakout rooms. So think about it. There's a big conference. Maybe they have 5,000 people there. And on the main stage, they've got Brene Brown or Simon Sinek or Mike Ganino. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I don't even think Brene Brown and Simon Sinek would let me in the green room with them. But anyway, they have really big speakers on those stages. They also need to fill a bunch of breakout sessions where people from the conference are going and learning in smaller rooms. Those are usually not paid spots. So the breakouts are not paid. So you can either speak for free because you just want to go into those rooms and fill them and talk and get to know people, add people to your email list or your Instagram following, which again is a whole other process we'll cover in a future episode. But Breakouts are a great way for you to get reps, and if you know how to do it, a great way for you to grow your back-end business and get some value from the barters, which are the next two Bs of the speaking for free that I want to talk about. So what does back-end mean? Well, it doesn't mean you need to have a course to sell. Sometimes people think a breakout or a back-end means you have a course you're trying to sell people. You've got an online course or some books you're trying to sell or something that you're selling from the back of the room. And for the most part, those days are kind of over. Often when you get asked to do a breakout at a conference, they specifically say, you cannot pitch from stage, meaning you can't stand on stage and say, if you really want to work with me or if you want to buy my program or those kinds of things. It's pretty typical these days. Well, there's still a way around it. If you're great on stage and you're really good at talking about it in your speech around the kind of work you do, how you do the kinds of consulting or workshops, then it's totally possible that people there would want to hire you. That's actually what changed my business really drastically. I was about nine months in and I was speaking for free a lot. I'd gotten paid quite a few times, but I was mostly speaking for free at these breakouts. And what I realized is I needed to get better at packaging what I did in my talk. So I started talking about case studies. I started talking about the things I'd seen clients do. Now, it wasn't about me. It wasn't about making me the hero. It was about the client. It was about the work they did. But it definitely positioned it so people said, oh, wait, 
Maybe he is available for us. I remember one talk I was giving in New Orleans. I did exactly that. I was doing the breakout at a big conference, and they said afterwards, oh my gosh, we just thought you were a big keynote speaker. I mean, thank you. That was quite lovely to hear, even though I was filling like a side room that filled like 100 people. But they thought I was somebody who just gave speeches, and they didn't really see how that would fit into their business plan. They didn't get their employees together to talk about company culture and leadership and things like that, which is what I used to speak about. What they heard me say was that I did workshops, that I led small group interactions around culture and customer service and how they blended together. And that was something they could do. So actually, I was able to book several gigs from that one gig simply because people understood what it would be like to work with me. And now I didn't stand on stage and say that, but the message was definitely, this is the kind of work I do all the time. I'm simply here at this event talking about it in another way. So be careful. If you position yourself as a big keynote speaker and you're not yet a big keynote speaker, you might be losing some leads from people who think they can't possibly work with someone as fabulous as you. Now, the third one in my breakouts, backends, and barters for speaking for free is all about other things you can get of value. So maybe you never speak for free, but you always make sure there's value in the room. You might be getting videos, you might be getting photos, you might be getting email addresses, there might be a million different ways, but make sure that you're getting something. So what could you barter for for an event? Again, videos, photos, testimonials, those are all options for you. So as you go out there, if you want to not resent speaking for free because you really want to speak for fee, then barter, get some value out of it. There are a ton of people who their entire business career is spent speaking on stages for free simply because they're really good at the back end side of it. They're really good at getting people to know them, like them, trust them, and reach out to work with them. You want to make sure you're positioning your entire brand that way if that's the case. Now, the third one here, we talked about speak for fee, we talked about speak for free, and another option is speak for me. Well, I mean, not me, I'm not hiring keynote speakers either, but speak for yourself, meaning why not lead your own events? This was the thing I was talking to my friend about. She was talking about her business and talking about that she wanted to be on more stages, that she wanted to do more of it, but she wasn't making money yet. And there was a whole issue there around her messaging as well. Her messaging was very much for individuals, meaning people who would buy her products or services who were one-off customers, not brands and companies who would be hiring her to come in for an event. And so there was a messaging issue. In her talk, it was designed with content that was directed at single individual business owners, but she was trying to get bigger brands to hire her. That's just a messaging issue. We just need to change the content. And we worked on that together over time to say, here's what you would speak at at more of a corporate event. Here's what you would speak at if you were trying to enroll individuals to work with you. But one of the things I questioned her is, why not just speak for me, meaning yourself, not me? Again, I explained that already. So why not just speak for yourself? Why not get 50 people to come to your city and do an event with you? Why not do a two or three day event where they're coming to you, you're guiding them through a process, and now you've been speaking all day, you've been making all the jokes and having all the fun, and they leave with a really good model for whatever it is that you teach people to do. That's something I did in my business as well. I would teach people workshops on leadership and culture, and I would bring people together in small groups, and it was just a way to make money and work one-on-one. So that's another option is speaking for me. So Let's talk about conundrum a little bit, because as you can see, if you are in this cycle of wanting companies to pay you to come in and speak to their team, but your message is all about how you should go side hustle and get your own career, you can see that that's an issue. 
the message you're delivering is not a message those audiences want. Well, maybe it's a message the audience wants, but it is not a message that the people at the corporate level are paying for. So you're in a conundrum. Like what you're hearing on this episode of the Mic Drop Moment? Well, hit subscribe and don't miss a single episode or Wine Wednesday. Maybe it's that you want to speak for fee and you want to get paid to speak on stages, but you don't have the branding collateral message and platform yet. So you have a conundrum. Maybe it's that you are trying to speak to an audience that is never going to bring you in to be a keynote, and your whole message is about you being a big speaker. You have got a conundrum. And speaking of conundrum, that is the wine that we are drinking on this episode of Wine, Wednesdays, and Wisdom here at the Mic Drop Moment. So let's talk about conundrum for just a moment. So it is time for a little wine break here on this Wine and Wisdom Wednesday. So every Wednesday, I bring you just me alone sharing some ideas and thoughts. There's no guest today. And I also pair these thoughts with wine that maybe matches what I'm talking about or maybe just something I want to drink today. But today, I wanted to pair this with Conundrum. So Conundrum was very famous for making a white blend. It's kind of a kitchen sink blend of Sauvignon Blanc and Simeon and a couple of other things from California. And it's made by the folks who make Camus. So the owners, Camus Vineyards, makes really, really good cabs. They're known for like a starting point $50 California cab that can go up to, well, hundreds of dollars depending on what you're getting. And they recently kind of spun off the two brands. So there's Camus and now there's Conundrum. And today I'm drinking the Conundrum Red. It's going to set you back about 20 bucks, and you can find it in a lot of different places all across the country. So If you find some and you drink it, I'd love to hear. Send me a note or a comment from my website or on social media. Let me know what you think of it. But it's a red blend that is made from Petit Syrah, Zinfandel, and Cabernet Sauvignon, which is going to be a pretty big, rich, complex, approachable red. I like my wines like I like my people. Rich, complex, and approachable. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I I like all kinds of people, but I don't know. Rich, complex, and approachable? That sounds fun, too. So this is going to be a serious but still playful wine. It's rich, it's dark, it's red. You're getting a ton of really great ripe berry fruit. In fact, you can even like pop this in the fridge for 30 minutes before you drink it, and it makes it even better. There's a little notes of vanilla and cocoa that I'm getting in here, and like I said, dark fruit. I'd probably pair this with something grilled, maybe even like a really awesome burger. In fact, I had a wine pairing of this recently, not recently, it was a couple of years ago, but anyway, in the not-so-distant past, I had this at an In-N-Out, the famous California burger place. There was an In-N-Out tasting with wine, and one of the wines they paired it with was the Conundrum, and I thought it actually worked pretty well. So go ahead and check out Conundrum, which is the name of this episode because we're talking about the conundrum that people who want to add speaking to their business find themselves in, and also Conundrum because that's the red wine I'm drinking today. So cheers. Okay, so back to the content. So I was already speaking about how people get confused when they think, I want to add speaking to my business. They don't really think more about it. That's kind of like saying, I want to have a great retail business, but they don't think about what they're selling or to who. You got to be really clear of that. Who's buying this and what are you selling them and why do they buy it? And that's no different than speaking. Yeah, it can be a really fun, profitable way to get in front of a lot of people, whether you speak for fee, you speak for free, or you just speak for me, which means speak for yourself. So all of those can be great ways to do it, but you've got to start with the business sense. 
Some of the people I think do a great job in this industry, whether leading their own workshops and their own events and retreats, whether speaking for free and making that work for them on the back end with consulting, workshops, and other revenue streams, or whether they're speaking for fee and getting paid every time their foot touches that spotlight on stage. All of the people I've seen really make it, they're really sound business people. It's not just a fun hobby or a chance to get in front of people or failed actors who think, this is my chance in the spotlight. No, they're people who thought about it from a business perspective. What is the very specific problem I solve and for whom? And that's what we're going to talk about next. It's all about thinking about your audience. Is your message very corporate, but you're trying to speak to individuals? It's not going to work. And is your message based on the relationship you've had with solo entrepreneurs or small businesses, and yet you're trying to get Coca-Cola to hire you? It's not going to work. You've got to think through the audience. Who are they? What do they really want? One of the exercises I always do whenever I'm working with a new client who is trying to build a speaking business is I sit them down and I say, who's the character? Now, a lot of times when we think of who's my ideal customer avatar or my ICA, as so many people like to call it, we tend to get really generic. We think, well, it's 32 to 48-year-olds. Well, there's no such thing as a 32 to 48-year-old. No one is 32 or 48. They are 32 or 48, but not both. And they're certainly not between 32 and 48. They're one or the other, and they're a specific age. Who are they? You have to really get clear on the character. Who am I serving? What are they about? What do they do every day? What do they read? What do they say to themselves? That's who you're building a speaking business for. And don't worry, you're not going to leave out the world, but you're definitely going to send out a bat signal that says, this is who I'm for. And one of the challenges I find so often when people want to start a speaking business is they just want to be in stage in front of people. And that's just not enough. That's like saying, I want to open a retail store and just sell stuff to people. Well, What stuff are you selling? Who's buying it? Why do they buy it? Why do they need it? And where do they put it in their house? Like what you're hearing on this episode of the Mic Drop Moment? Well, hit subscribe and don't miss a single episode or Wine Wednesday. Why do they need it and where do they put it in their house? You've got to have the answer to that. And that's one of the really key steps. After you figure out what you're speaking for, fee, me, free, whatever the case is, you've got to figure out who's the character. And one of the things I borrow from the world that I learned as an actor and an improv performer is really go deep on the character. Who are they? Where are they from? Where do they go to school specifically? What kinds of things do they say? When they're upset at night and talking to their spouse or their mom or their cat or their friend, what do they say to themselves? When they talk to their succulent about their dreams of who they want to be over a glass of wine, what are they saying to the succulent? What is the message? What is the dream? How does it look for them? You've got to understand all of that so you can build the right business. And yeah, this even goes for my folks who want to speak in corporate. Corporate doesn't buy anything. Companies don't buy anything. No company on its own ever made a decision. Someone in that organization did. I've given tons of storytelling and public speaking workshops for sales organizations, for the part of the company that is in sales. And the reason why I keep getting booked over and over for that is I speak very directly to what the VP of sales or the founder, if it's a smaller organization, the issue they're dealing with. I've been able to leverage and get in front of pretty small startups. Maybe they have under 100 employees, but they bring me in to work with their sales team because I'm very specific on the problem I solve. And I go in for just one day, one workshop, and I'm making my normal full day fee from it. It's a great life, and I can only get it because I'm specific. 
I'm specific about what that character wants and how I address it. And I need you to be too. If you are thinking, I want to build this, then you got to get specific. Who's this character? Write it out as if you were creating a movie about them. It's got to be that clear. It also makes your messaging really easy because you know who they are. In fact, once you figure out who that character is, why not try to interview a few of them? Figure out in their words, how do they describe their problem? What do they talk about? How do they want it to look? What would it look like if it was fixed? What keeps them up at night? Those are all of the things you should be thinking about as you think about building your speaking business or taking your speaking business to the next level. And this includes your message because your speech has to be written for that person. It's got to be written so it really, really resonates with them and what they want and where they want to go. Now, the next part is, how do you think through your messaging? Well, if you know who your character is and you know what kind of speaker you are, meaning you're speaking in front of people and you hope them to book you for workshops, okay, great. Then they need to hear the kind of stuff that would make them think, ooh, if we spent a day with you, you could help us get everything we ever wanted. Perfect. You're in the home stretch already. You've got to think about the message because an inspirational message about go believe in yourself, it's not going to work if you're trying to get an organization to bring you in to talk to their employees about productivity. And okay, let's talk about topics while we're on the idea of message. One of the challenges I see over and over, and it is hurting so many people's business, is that their topic is kind of boring or it's unspecific or it's really broad or it's just not something people are buying these days. When I first started speaking, I spoke about company culture. It was my background, and it was the easiest way for me to get a yes. I've sold over like $200 million with the restaurant companies, and so getting other restaurant companies to have me come in and work with their team was much easier than it was to go to a different industry. So I just started with where I could get an easy yes at the beginning. One of the challenges that you have to think through when you're trying to build, grow, or even start a speaking business is your topic. No company is out there looking for wellness speakers. They're looking for someone to solve the very specific problem they think is going on with their employees. No company even today is really looking for company culture speakers. They're looking for people that solve the very specific problem that they're having. In fact, I was just talking to someone who's coming up in an in upcoming episode, and they were talking about, as a diversity speaker, how they've had to be more specific and niche because even that's getting too broad. Like diversity, what does that mean? Does it mean you're going to come in and help us think through our recruiting? Does it mean you're going to help our employees work together better even though they voted differently or look differently? Does it mean you're going to teach our leadership team about unconscious bias and how it impacts the way we hire and promote? Are you going to talk about events and inclusivity? See, even in that one topic of diversity, there's a broad range. And I'm sorry, but you just can't do it all at least not when you're starting, and at least not on your website. You've got to talk about the very specific problem you help people solve. And I know it hurts. I remember being there and thinking, ah, I'm going to leave someone out. I'm going to talk about company culture in this very specific way, and someone else is going to want recruiting and leadership help, and I can speak about that too. It's confusing. And confused buyers, that famous saying, confused buyers, they don't buy. When we're unsure, we don't buy. We want the best thing that our money can buy. And that's almost always an expert. So instead of being a speaker or a business leader who is also a speaker, what are you an expert in? And just make speaking another way that you deliver that. I'd encourage you to also do it with workshops, with private coaching packages if you want to work individually with people, but have a model that actually supports it. And get your topic figured out very specifically. 
wellness speakers, women empowerment speakers, company culture and leadership speakers, there's a lot of them. I mean, go on LinkedIn if you want to do a test and just type in wellness speaker or keynote speaker, women empowerment or keynote speaker leadership. I promise you, there's a lot of folks out there doing it. It's kind of the same way that being a TEDx speaker has somewhat become ubiquitous unless that TEDx speaker is paired with being an expert in your space. You're not going to get booked. Whether it's for free, for fee, or just for me, you're not going to get those speaking gigs if you're not there. See, it is a conundrum. It's a really confusing thing, but here's what I'm encouraging you to do. As you look at 2020 and you think about your year, really consider who is it that I want to pay me? Is an individual paying me? Great. Then your message is probably going to be served on more breakout stages or it's going to be served through your own events if you want individuals to pay you. If you want corporations to pay you, then what are the types of things that people getting paid by corporations do? Yeah, they do write books. Yeah, they do have very specific language about the kinds of problems that companies deal with. They talk not about productivity, but about very specific issues of productivity. That's the key. It's got to be specific And then you also, in that way, help your clients or your future clients, your prospective clients, your desired clients, avoid the conundrum of knowing who to hire because they know you, my friend, are the expert for them. So go out there, get the gigs, get the business, and get really clear on what exactly you're doing for people, who exactly they are by doing a little character development, and then go rock your speaking dreams regardless of how you want speaking to fit into your business. And if you don't want to miss a single mic drop moment, I'd sure be honored if you'd hit subscribe to check out past episodes and be ready to catch future ones. So it's time to dial up the volume on your voice, use your story, wake up the world, and find your mic drop moment.